Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Good Game Nice Try, your favorite video game podcast. Yeah, that's right. It's your favorite. I'm telling you it is. Uh, I'm your host, Blay. With me as always is the uh, fantabulous Sonya Reed. That's a good one. I like how you didn't even ask if this was a favorite, I'm telling <laughs> you just them. demanded favoritism. I like that. Uh, but the Mortal Kombat trailer came out, which is very exciting. Yes, it looks so good. It's I know insane. that um, recently we had talked about just games and, and getting made into movies. And seeing that trailer, that's it. I feel that's like they, they're doing something so right. And it looks <laughs> so good. I am here for all of these Sub-Zero fights. First of all, it's super bloody, which you mm-hmm. want. You want the you want it to be ultra violent. But there's a scene where like he, like Sub Zero what cuts the guy. Oh my god! And he, then blood spurts out. What is he this? slices him? The blood spurts into the air. He freezes the air, or freezes the blood in the air. Grabs it and stabs him with his own blood. That's insane. I will say. And by the way, it's when you think about like reboots and remakes and all these things. Like, normally I hate them because I'm kind of like, well, you know, the original was great, but the original Mortal Kombat was not great. Nothing Mm -hmm. against the people who made the first movie. I just don't think, like, we were there yet with, like, fight choreography, with CG. You know, Goro was, like, if I remember correctly, was, like, half, like, claymation and, like, half... Wasn't he? Like I don't remember it uh, it too well. What year was that? What year was the first one? I don't think years go back that far. <laughs> 95, 95, our producer, Jen. 95, right. same year as Hackers. Same year, wow. Wow, oh, that's, that's your interesting to put into perspective. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> I think we're well overdue, not only for a new Mortal Kombat, but maybe a Hackers reboot, I don't know. What, but are we, are we yes. overdue for a Hackers reboot? Because Hackers is one of those movies, I think. I don't know. Does it yeah. need to be over... Redone, Johnny Lee maybe Miller. It be, maybe it shouldn't be touched. Maybe we leave that as a, a gem in, in 95. <laughs> One thing I think they did really well in the Hackers movie was showing hacking, like portraying the actual hacking in a way that I don't think, I think it ages pretty well. It's kind of like how the hackers are fighting is kind of like weird. It's almost like watching a video game itself. Does that make sense? Have you watched Hackers? I haven't. I haven't Recent. seen it since 1996. 
Okay. Which is a year after it came out. <laughs> so yes, then it did age well in, in ninety in ninety six. Yeah. I are, immediate- there, are there parts that don't age well in in hackers? I immediately go to this scene where they're trying to hack the Gibson. They're doing a bit. This big hack is happening. They're in this command center, and they walk up, and all of you know Johnny Lee Miller, all the all the care Angelina Jolie, all these characters are attacking these people, and on the screen it shows like an illustration of all of these hacking situations happening. And they'll call out like, oh, we got a, we got a rabbit, rabbit hole, something, something. And they're like, get me a flu shot. A rabbit is in the administration system. Send a flu shot. Rabbit, flu shot, someone talk to me. And it's all these like rabbits jumping around and it just. <laughs> but you know, but that's kind that's what I'm saying. Like, isn't that better than saying like, oh, you need to uh, like, you know, hashtag, hash the Linux uh, code of the thing. And then I love late, your hacker talk, by the way, regardless, I'm very excited for mortal Kombat because th- mm-hmm. that movie doesn't age well either. And the <laughs> new one looks pretty great. Although, can I just say a thing, which I absolutely hate in movies. One of my least favorite tropes is like the, you have a weird looking birthmark and it means something trope. That is my <laughs> least favorite thing. And God damn it. Like, why do they, of all the symbols to choose for like, so in, there's a scene where one of the people, Johnny Cage or whoever, one of them, are like, pulls their shirt open. It's like, I have this birthmark. And it's the circle with the dragon in it. Yeah. From Mortal Kombat. It's so specific. Specific birthmark, huh? It's like, (laughs) oh, I didn't think this birthmark that clearly looks like a dragon (laughs) with a circle around it meant anything. Oh, this means something? Right. You're one of the chosen ones. Like, oh, Oh, shit. Blades, do you have any weird, uh, very specifically shaped birthmarks that you feel like is going to unlock something? I do have a thing called a blue weevil. What? (laughs) Do you know what a blue (laughs) weevil is? No. You, by the way, can I just say, if we rewind the tape, you asked about my birthmark. I I did, and I can't take it back. I have a blue weevil on okay. my arm. It's just yep. a blue mole, okay? But it's blue. It is blue. It's weird. And my mom has one in exactly the same spot. What? Yeah. Mortal Kombat! Scorpion. I don't know what you're unlocking. I'm already in the game. I've already got That's true. You're already in Right? We've already we already have Sonya Blade. Yeah, that's I'm already in it. Um well, we don't have any time to waste because we got a great guest this week. I'm very very excited for this week's guest because I'm very, very excited about the game that she is in. Yes, a hundred percent. We had a absolute blast talking to our guest. Um, she was in amazing television shows like Raising Hope, the HBO series Westworld, and video game fans will recognize her as the voice of Dina in The Last of Us Part Two, which was 2020's Game of the Year. She also streams on Twitch and she plays a whole bunch of games. It does crossword puzzles and a bunch of other amazing stuff. Check her out, twitch.tv slash Shannon is live. And here it is, our interview with Shannon Woodward. Shannon Woodward, hello! Woo! Hi guys, thank you so much for oh, having me. Oh my word, hey. I'm so excited, so excited. Now, wait, before we get started, can I just say a very quick thing, Shannon? Please. Okay, 
So before this podcast, I, you know, I wanted to make sure that I, I, nothing was spoiled and that I could beat The Last of Us 2 before we talked to you. Okay. Didn't happen. I was sweating bullets. He was really set on it happening. He was really set on making that happen. You haven't finished it no, yet? but that's okay. That's okay. You know what? You do your th- no. you do your thing. I don't want to stop you from saying anything. No, it's just going to destroy you. Oh, God. <laughs> it's like It's like a delicious... It's like... I don't want it to end. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I was bummed when The Last of Us, when I beat The Last of Us 1, because amazing, it's an amazing story, but I just, I didn't want it that experience to end. I respect it. Listen, I, I actually, and I'm glad I did this, I asked to play the game before it came out, and it was right before everything shut down. It was like two weeks before I went to, to Naughty Dog and played it every day, Nine to nine Whoa. Um, for five days so I could get through it. Now, it was so hard to get through it. It means I didn't oh do any of the collectibles. Right. I didn't do any. Right. I was mm. just like, because I, I was such a big fan of the first game. And obviously, like, I've known the story for five years since they hired me and Neil sat me down in a conference room and pitched me the story. And I was just like, <laughs> which is wild. Because I was just, I'm such a fan of the first game that I was like, I can't believe in one hour you just don't <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen in five years? Oh, my um, goodness. But so, but even with that experience, like, I mean, it was hard to rush through it, and I'm really excited to play it again. But, yeah, it, it was it was hard, and I still was just like, oh, my God, I'm such a completionist. I was like, yeah, I got to search that whole area. No, I can't. I got to go. I had to finish, or, like, I would see, like, Kurt, uh, one of the other directors in the hallway, and he'd be like, where are you? And I'd tell him, oh, yeah, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. And I was no. like, I'm going to make it. And I did, by the way, I did make it. But no, was it just to prove it, prove it to him or? <laughs> no, I was just like, no, I'm going to make I I did have to turn it off hard and put it on normal, like I, which I realized after like day two, I was like, it's 28, 29 hours. Like, I think if you don't die. <laughs> so I was like, right, I, uh, I'm going to have to do this on normal and just play it on hard later at home. So I'm going to Completely that, understandable. But. Do you, did you, so did you find like, you know, I guess besides having to kind of rush through it to, to really get in, you know, nine hour, 10 hour days, <laughs> did you find that, um, you know, thinking about like how I do YouTube videos and I do Twitch and everything, and I don't like watching myself <laughs> in any kind of videos uh, that I'm in. Did you find that, I guess, being in the game, do you think that it uh, you could still kind of like get immersed? Did you still have the same appreciation being so in the weeds with it? Or how was that? Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of different things. I mean, it's weird to see so much of me in a character that is like a blend of me and another person. Like it's like the whole bottom of my face and moves exactly like me, but has like the whole top of someone else's face. And it's just like the muscle structure ends up in there from like the, the, um, the motion capture and all the dots and the animators are just incredible. So it's like, that's really weird. Um, especially (laughs) like, you know, watching that performance back, like, you know, I've never been in a video game before. I'm you know, been on television shows and films for like 20 years. Right, yeah. But what I realized, like watching that is just like how much of me is really my eyes. And so like to watch mm. some of that actually kind of come into play, like sometimes with the character, it was really, really weird. It was like my soul was in something else. <laughs> um, so it, it's different than like the narcissism and like the self-hate. I feel like when I'm watching myself on screen and it's actually me where you're like, oh my God, I look terrible. Oh, why did I put my chin like that? Oh, come on. Where this was just like, I'm such a big fan of the game that like there were a lot of things I wanted to do that I felt like I could do when um, 
I had the opportunity to maybe be in the game. And, you know, so I, I was able to watch that, which was really weird. I mean, I think it'd be like a little kid being in Star Wars. No, I would love to be in Star Wars. But like, this was like that for yeah. me, you know, like being inside a universe that I like loved so much and knew so well, it was like a real treat. You were still kind of able to enjoy it, even though you kind of saw the sausage, how the sausage was made. Oh, yeah. And I mean, this game's amazing. And like, I'm just so lucky to be part of it. And I'm also, you know, just like a fraction of it. So it's like I would show back up and be like, oh, here we go again. Oh, there's, there's that. <laughs> right, right, yeah. Uh, um, yeah. And, you know, obviously, like, I'll find ways to tear myself apart internally. But <laughs> we um, all will. We all do. But yeah, I did. I mean, I loved the game, especially like, you know, there's so much of the of that that I wasn't there for, you know? So like, you know, I knew what was happening, but it's different to experience it. It's why I think this game and these kinds of narrative games, which there aren't very many of, are so wonderful is that it really elevates the the playing field for storytelling because it really adds another dimension. Like when you're watching a movie or reading a novel, you're still on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and in these games, you really feel like you've made these decisions and, and they earn that so well. And that that's what I mean, where it's like you can know what's going to happen, but the way it gets its hooks in you, where you feel like you want to make this decision, it it totally changes it experiencing it, you know? You know, one, one thing I think that's so beautiful and great about The Last of Us 2 is really like there's a great relationship with Dina and Ellie, and I don't think there's a lot of representation of LGBTQ relationships, especially, I mean, in media, but especially in gaming. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, what does it mean to you to be able to represent this kind of great relationship in such a a mainstream way? Like, you know. I mean, first of all, there's never been a AAA game that starred a girl, ever. And this stars several women and one who is gay, one who is bi, like Dina's bi. And, you know, yeah, it's and then we have a trans character. It's really exciting. And, you know, first and foremost, because there are so many stories to be told in games that haven't been, you know, Mm -hmm. for so long people were treating stories in games like stories in porn. Like, I mean, nobody really needs it. It's just like kind of there. And, you know. That always really bummed me out as somebody who's like really into movies and really into books and and yeah. and into game. And I remember when I played Bioshock, like that was the first time I was like, whoa, yes. okay, I'm back into games. Cause you know, for a while it was like, oh, we're like shooting and yeah, yeah. And I was like, I don't care. Like, yeah, no, but, absolutely. But now I am in a lot of different ways. But because the integration of like different stories started being told and it was like, you know, um, suddenly I wasn't as bored. Right. And yeah, absolutely. You know, so that's real. Obviously, representation matters, and it's important. But in a purely from a purely selfish standpoint, like, damn, it's just better. It's more fun. It's mm-hmm. more interesting. There's a, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of stories people haven't told. There are a lot of. It's just you know, as a consumer of the gaming market, I'm excited for that, and I'm excited to be a part of it. Obviously, but it's just it's just an awesome step forward in terms of like opening the landscape to different kinds of stories. Hundred percent. What was something? This is kind of being your first foray into into being in a video game. What was something that surprised you about the process? Like, you know, in, in terms of was it the mocap? Was it hard? You know, was it hard to kind of get through your emotions and act with all the dots on your face and the camera right here? And just like, you know, how how was that? What surprised you about that process? Um, I think, you know, I thought that it might be arduous to wear the hard drive <laughs> and all that and the 
you know, there's a, you know, big camera that you wear on your face now that it lights up when they roll. Whoa, um, wow. Yeah, so, like, that was a surprise. So it's it's right here. So you, you your instinct is to kind of move out of the light, but you're like, oh, you can't. It is going to follow you. <laughs> but I weirdly got used to it very quickly. Like, I think it was about 45 minutes. I was like, I mean, I don't know how I'm going to disassociate from this and, like, do what I usually do, which is not think about anything and just respond. Um but then I, I did get used to it, and I have to say, to some extent, because the cameras are on our heads, and then they're all around the room, everybody else is kind of like 25, 30, 40 feet away from us. So weirdly, it was more intimate and felt more private than it usually does oh. when I'm sitting around with, you know, 200 very tired people that are sitting very, very near me, sometimes like six inches and you're supposed to be doing something where you've just like been alone for weeks, you know? <laughs> um, there's in, So there's a lot of cognitive dissonance in performing for film. And also, you know, when you do a scene in a movie or a television show, you have to move the camera around, right? So you're moving it. So you're going to have 25 shots sometimes if it's a big show like Westworld or something. Yeah. You know, you're doing a scene for three days, you know? Um, whereas... And the other thing about that that is important is it means, like, different lines have to be said for certain camera angles, right? When you're shooting a television, right. When you're shooting a television. Yeah, so it means, like, you have to get it right every single time for little bits and pieces. It's like building a a Lego castle or something, you know? Um, Whereas with this, you know, we'll do 40 takes of something and the last one is the one. That's the one they're going to use. And it means like because your performance is turning into data and the animators and all these people are going to do something, if they need to move me physically, they can. Like, it's not like, uh, we missed it, Shannon, we missed it. You know, like you weren't in the light or you missed your mark. Like, this is like, you know, if, if they need to fix it, they can fix it. Um, and it's also going to be the best taken. It's going to be all in one. Um, so in a lot of ways, it lends itself to, for me at least, it felt like more thorough performance value. Um, hmm. So, you know, also that said, you know, when Ashley and I are on the stage having to kiss, we're like sticking together like Velcro. So, you know, <laughs> that's not great. <laughs> but it, do, it does kind of sound like, I, I mean, what you're describing kind of sounds like the best of both worlds in terms of film or TV and a play. You know, like in in terms yeah. of kind of mm-hmm. being able to get into the flow of things, um, yeah. I mean, that's that's really really cool and very very interesting. But let's go back even further with your first foray into video gaming. Period. Oh, the first video game. Well, my dad was an executive at IBM. He wrote a he wrote a computer program called OS Two, which was um, pretty seminal in the early like you know a desktop world. Um, it was like the early competitor for Windows. It's like NT and Linux and all that. Um, so we had a computer in our house before other people did, right? Like not many people had home computers because they weren't really accessible right. to anyone if unless mm-hmm. you could code. But so we started getting like early PC games. Like we were playing like old school Duke Nukem. And I just remember Whoa. that being like, wait, what? <laughs> like you can play a game on this? And I remember going to school like the third grade and being like, you guys, my dad showed me something. You can get a letter on your computer. And they were like, no, you can't. I was like, it's called the internet. Because IBM had the internet before other people. So we had it. That's Um, awesome. So my dad could send code in, right, to the office. And it was just like, I remember explaining. I'm dating myself. I'm saying I was in the third grade, but I was. And then a few years later, we all had AOL. But um, anyway, so not long after that, 
uh, I bought an, a used Nintendo from another yes. kid at school. I think it was like some kind of like raffle or something. And was it a back deal hallway? Like I had saved up <laughs> my own money and yeah, well, it was like, it was like some kind of charity benefit. Like maybe it was a raffle or it was something like that, but I paid for it and brought it home. And my dad was like, all right, but you know, it's got to go in our room. So you can't, you can't play with it. Whoa. But I remember like, right. you know, sitting there and playing, like I was playing like Mario and then like, yeah. I, it was like Mario and Duck Hunt, you know, had, we had the gun and like Paperboy and that kind of stuff. And then when I was about, I guess I might have been seven or eight, then we got a Super Nintendo for Christmas the year it came out. And, and then it's on. Then it's yeah, on. and then it, we were playing that all the time. And I bought like a really old TV that had like manual dials and my parents let me put it in my room because it couldn't actually watch television, but you could play the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo on it. Awesome. It had bunny ears. I love, love that. It. That is legit. <laughs> That's a legit gaming experience. Oh, Yeah. Yoshi, baby. <laughs> Do you remember your first handle? Your first like AOL handle? <gasps> Ooh. Oh, yeah. It was Shannon Wu because I just typed my name into it, which <laughs> oh. in hindsight is like there was, a, I don't know if you guys remember this. There was a very short-lived television show on Nickelodeon called The Mystery Files of Shelby Wu. And it was um, a young girl and like the guy who played Mr. Miyagi was on the All show. Right. It was only on for like one year. But everyone at school thought I just like really stand the mystery <laughs> files of Shelby Wu. You're a very early stan account. And they thought I made my name. And I was like, no, it just, that's just 10 <laughs> letters. <laughs> I love it. That's <laughs> that's incredible. After that, it was Guitar Girl Shay. And then I, I <laughs> yes. changed it. There we go. Yep. Now yep. we're in. Now we're in. And then, okay, so flash forward to... Uh, you are a fan of The Last of Us. How did you work your way into getting into <laughs> what, I don't want to predict it now, but maybe my favorite sequel of anything of all time? Well, it, it was uh, it was organic and a total accident. Um, I was I'm on this show, Westworld, and um, one of the writers from the first season is a friend of mine. Um, her name is Hallie Gross, and we were at a party over the summer that year between the first and the second season. And um, I was like, what are you doing on your hiatus? And she was like, oh, I'm actually, uh, you know, freelancing at uh, Naughty Dog, this video game company. I was like, yeah, I know what Naughty Dog is. <laughs> She's like trying to explain, yes, this video game company. But, yeah. <laughs> I, but Uncharted 4 had just come out, right? And Lost Legacy was about to come out. So it was like clearly not another Uncharted game that they were making. Mm, and like, so I was mm. like, was like, well, what are you guys doing? Like The Last of Us 2? And she just went kind of like, she kind of froze in that way where she was like, uh, well, we share so many secrets because of this TV show. Where, but I, I, I'm, uh, I'm not allowed to. I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Did not mean to put you in an awkward position because the game hadn't been announced yet. They were just about to announce oh it. Oh my God. That they were making it. Um, I was like, well, listen, just tell Neil Druckmann, like, I am such a fan. I would like die to have a line in the game. And I meant like, you know, as an NPC who's like, look out over there. Oh no, I'm down. Um, You're like, that was me. That was me. Did you see it? <laughs> totally. Like, that's what I meant. <laughs> So we went back and forth a couple of times, like like game nights we'd see each other at, Hallie and I, uh, and she was like, oh, well, Neil really likes Westworld. He loves you on the show. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And kind of went back and forth for a few months. And then she was like, well, you know, there is a role, but, you know, Neil says you'd have to read. And I was like, I'll totally read. That's <laughs> fine. I read like, all the time. That's um, – and so then, yeah, they let me audition and uh, – 
And I was like 45 minutes late to the read because there was a horrible accident on the freeway. Whoa. And it was in oh. Marina Del Rey. And I don't know if anybody knows Los Angeles, but that's really far. It's very far away. And yeah. so I got really stuck, which was wild because I – I'm never late. I was one minute early to this. This is like, that's how I roll. Aww, yeah. Um, but the power was out because of that same car accident. There was no power. And so I read in a kitchen um, on the mocap stage and wow. Ashley Johnson was out of town. So I read with Laura Bailey. She oh, she read with me. Good. And uh, yeah, I finished and I knew I'd done a really good job. Like <laughs> I finished awesome. it and I was like, Whoa, I don't know what just happened there, but I am not okay. Yes. (laughs) Um, In a good way, like, but it's also just because I love the game so much that my brain already knew it. And um, so then they asked me to, if I would read again um, over the Christmas break, because Ashley was back from New York because she was shooting Blindspot. And I read with her there. And then Hallie texted me later that night and was like, told me that I got the job. And I was like, yes. And then spent all of Christmas (laughs) playing The Last of Us for like the fourth time. It was like, it's for work. (laughs) <laughs> it's for work. I need to play it again, certainly. I can write this off on the taxes. You hear me, Johnny Law? That's right. <laughs> Wait, my dad, literally, I have been forcing, my dad does my taxes, and I've been forcing him to write off video game stuff for years, because <laughs> yes. I was like, no, I want to be in games. Like, yes. I want to work in games. Yes. Like, yes. I, and he was just like, and then when I, I told him over Christmas, I was like, I'm going to be in a video game. He goes, I can't believe that you were serious. <laughs> that like, this was, because he was like, this is like, we're going to get in trouble for this. I was like, no, we are not. It really is research. Yeah, he was this like, is I can't it. believe you made good it's on this. Legit. It's all justified. I know. Yeah, he thought I was trying to cheat the system. I was like, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 bacon bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the bacon cheese slider, 1921 bacon cheese slider, or chicken bacon ranch slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 bacon bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Over the past year, you've gotten into the world of live streaming, which mm-hmm. has been great. Tell us a little bit about that. It's been so fun. I mean, here's the thing, like, especially for the first like few months of the quarantine, you know, there really wasn't much for me to be doing aside from like development and stuff like that, um, trying to make my own stuff and selling stuff. But that's very slow and arduous. and doesn't really yes. take a lot of time on a day-to-day basis. And I was just playing video games all the time. You know, I mean, like, you know, four or five hours a day, like, and then it just started to make sense that it was like, well, why, why wouldn't I just like hang out and do it with everybody else? And it's been so much fun. It's been so much fun. 
it's just such an awesome community and everybody's been so warm and kind. Yes. Very and, wholesome. And obviously for it. everybody listening, uh, you know, uh, follow Shannon on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Shannon is live. Um, and what's kind of stuff you've been playing like recently? What kind of stuff do you well, like to stream? Have you found? So I, on Sundays I've been doing like chill streams where oh, I've been doing like I animal crossing, yeah, but also yes. I'm an avid crossword puzzle fan. Like I do the New York times puzzle every day. So I've started doing that also on Sundays. I love that. Which I thought no one was going to like, but weirdly like the viewership goes up whenever I yes. do it. I'm like, those are the nerds I'm talking about. There you <laughs> My are. My people. I am not alone. Alone in this world. Um, when you do the crossword stream, do you do the entire crossword on the stream? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. You're, God, I do you're like multiple so ones. Smart. Oh, no, man. here's the thing. I've been doing it since I was 16, and like you know, you start to like learn a language. I mean, it's it, you just start to learn. I've been doing crosswords since it's I was 16, and I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, but every day I, I do it. I I like been grinding on the crossword, you know, like <laughs> for a long time. It's impressive. That is very. It's definitely a, it's impressive. Something. I don't know if it's impressive, but it's <laughs> it is, something. It is impressive. It's amazing. How long? Like, what's your shortest? Crossword string, like oh yeah, do you time? I do you time it? Like a it, well, the it does competitive it, crosswording. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm part of like on Twitter, like a group of like Hollywood people that are all very into the crossword, really? and like they will like compete with times. Like Craig Mazin is just like a master, just like he'll be like, did the Monday in two minutes and fifty four seconds, not so bad, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, and then like I'll I'll then clock in at like seven minutes, like, but I'm not the best at it by by any means. But you know, it gets harder as you go on. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then Thursday is Rebus Day. So then you have that's when there's like a couple more letters in a block. Friday is themeless, and then Saturday is themeless but harder. Wow. And then Sunday is is like a Tuesday but twice the size with like longer theme answers. So like the different times kind of vary depending on like I you know, which, which one you're doing. So if you get a, if you get a Saturday in under three minutes, like you're, that's not happening. (laughs) If you're top tier. I mean, that's like, I mean, you're like Bobby Fisher of crosswords. If you're getting, if you're doing that in (laughs) four minutes, like I, there, there was one a few months ago. I can't remember, but it was like, everybody was like, dude, I did it in under 10 minutes, like on a Saturday. And, um, I thought I was a genius. And then my friends were like way under time. They were like six minutes. And I was like, damn, I was like, I clocked in at 10 minutes on a Saturday. Like, am I Bobby Fisher? (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think now it's the time, uh, in every podcast episode where we talk to our guest about their best game and their worst game, their favorite game and their most hated game. But it's all subjective. Yeah. Let's start with maybe your most hated game. Ooh. The game you just, when you think, oh, get, I think about this and goat. I have a very, very personal reason. Oh. So do you guys remember Dr. Mario, which really hits different okay. right now? Yeah. It's like, it really you does. know, it's Tetris with viruses. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Yes. So not a lot of people knew this, but on Wii, you could play Dr. Mario. You could download it, and it had uh, internet capabilities where you could play against strangers, and it would just match you, which what? nobody nobody else, like, I don't know how I found it, but every single person I would play against, they were all Japanese, all, J- like, Japanese names, like, and so clearly it was big there, but, like, nobody in the U.S. really was playing it. And I know because I played, like, five hours a day for, like, <laughs> a year and a half. Like, my roommates would come home. I mean, I was, like, what, like, 20. 25 at the time. And like, you know, my roommate would come home and be like, 
have you been playing this all day? And I'd be like, no. I, I, I mean, I went out for a while and like did some errands and stuff, which was a damn lie. Now, one day, it just stopped. You could no longer play against oh. anyone. It is still, as far as I know, and also it's dead to me. I don't care if it's on Switch now. Like, I don't want to hear about it. But it Long just gone. destroyed me. You guys, I'm the ninja of Dr. Mario. And, oh and then just one day, it was gone. It's all and taken so away. I hate it. I'm so <laughs> mad. I miss it. I think about it all the time. Broke your heart. Oh, Stabbed no. you in the back. Broke oh, your heart. Goodness. How dare you, yeah. Dr. Mario? On Wii. <laughs> I yeah. love how specific that is too. Again, like I didn't know that that was even available on the Wii. <laughs> That's it incredible. Was, it was my medicine. It was mama's oh, medicine, you know? Mama's medicine. I have to say, out of all the interviews we've done, that is A, my favorite, and B, <laughs> the most specific reason. I gotta say, I'm a lot of things, and particularly I am specific. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Well, I'm sorry for your loss. And thank you. It's been a while. I've had a lot, a lot of time to think about it, but obviously I'm still mad. Yeah, it's so. a bit, it might be a bit too soon to talk about. <laughs> it's always I'm gonna sorry. be too soon. Um, <laughs> I think if I have to pick a favorite too, um, I, I think I'd go with Bioshock. Yeah. Bioshock was the other game that for me, I just was like, it got me back into gaming in a serious right. way. Mm-hmm. Like I wasn't just playing like, not that playing like Mario Galaxy and stuff isn't serious and like, but you know, then I was like obsessively playing it and was just like immersed. And I felt like, again, it was just like a new form of storytelling that like I was really mm-hmm. excited about. And, um, you know, I'll, and I really like all the Bioshock games. I heard they're making another one. I'm just like, who do I have to bet? Where's it going to be? <laughs> right? They've done Under the Sea twice and then in, and then in the sky. In the sky? Now what? Just land? Yeah. It's just going to be in Florida? <laughs> it's just like- I mean, hard to know. Hard to know. Space? I don't know. <gasps> Bioshock in space? Biosphere, baby. <laughs> Ooh. What do we... Here's a better, here's a question, Shannon, for you. What do you want the new Bioshock to be? I, honestly, here's the thing. That game, those games are so wild that like yeah. far be it from me to impose a bad idea. Like I'd have to replay, I feel like the third yes. game to actually pitch something. Right. I don't want to, I, I feel like I can't. Space would be dope though. I want to see, I love space in video games. It's not a bad Space one. would be great. I'll yeah. play crap video games that are set in space. Like even if I hate it, <laughs> I'm just like, just let me go see Saturn. I'm good. That's it. You know, have you, I, I, you've been playing Resident Evil 2. Two, a, a horror game. Obviously, Last of Us Two could be considered a, a horror game, but emotional horror. Uh, but it's have you played Dead game. Space? Have you played Dead Space? I have not played Dead Space. Oh. That's the one for you. That's really? the one for you. Wait, have you played Soma? I have oh, played have Soma, not. and that Soma game is so good destroyed me. Yeah, it's so good. It's so good. The end is rough. It's, and again, it's getting wild. Back, getting back to our conversation about how emotionally visceral games can be. Yeah, like, that game's amazing. Yeah, for sure. So again, destruction in an emotional destruction kind of a way. Yeah, that's where I you're think, okay. Yeah, 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 Oof. yeah. I think so, but I I will say, you know, and and Shane, what do you think here in terms of one of the reasons why I like horror games is because it it makes me think, what would I do in that situation? I mean, why do you right or no? You know, no, no, like, I'm thinking no, I I agree with I don't know that I take myself out of it enough to like cognize and I'm like, what would I do? I'm like, I am doing it, right? Oh, so okay. right, and right, also right. in addition to it, I was just thinking about the nature of horror games and like why it's like, oh, why are like horror games so much more emotionally engaging? And I think like it's just the stakes. The stakes are so high that like it gives the story stakes. So it's like even when it's not like monster horror, it's still like like Soma is a good example. Like it, that game is scary. It's really, really scary. But you never know like what you're about to be scared of. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, yeah scarce. that's true. Yeah. Well, Shannon, thank you so much. This was so exciting to talk to you and I can't wait. I think Sonia and I are very, we can't wait for our crossword battle. We're gonna practice. Anytime. Thank you for having me guys. Look, I'm all for, I respect uh, Shannon's love of Dr. Mario, but it just makes me think of if I had Mario as a doctor in real life. <laughs> like, you know, oh no, the test results that came back and you are gonna die. <laughs> I feel like it's a little disconcerting. And it makes, you know what I'm saying? Am I crazy? I, I, I don't think you're crazy. I think that Mario impression is a little crazy. Oh, um, but <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? Oh no! Yeah, she hurt you, your feelings. <laughs> oh no! You're hurting my feelings and my ears with with that accent. Um, but if you want to check out Shannon as Dina in The Last of Us Part Two, uh, she is incredible, and she's also on Twitch at Twitch.tv/ShannonIsLive. And yeah, make sure to check her out. That's right, and don't go anywhere because we have another fan request coming up right after the break. So be sure to stick oh, around. No. Oh no. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You still came back even after that Mario impression, and I'm so happy. Welcome back. And before we wrap up today, we wanted to take on another fan request. That's right. This week at Jim Nassi 82577807 on Twitter <laughs> writes, I love, by the way, they couldn't get Jim Nassi 82577806. I was taken. It was taken. Someone was too quick. Uh, but at Gymnasty writes, hey, uh, hashtag GGNT, how about asking your guests their most underrated game? It would be really Ooh. interesting and give some uh, light and shine some light on games that need it. For me personally, it's the Katamari sequel, We Love Katamari, superior mm. to the original in every way, but gets no love. Aww. Most underrated game. That's Gymnasium. a good question. That is a good question. Do you I have a uh, most underrated game that you uh, that you think of? Yeah, the first thing I think of, uh, one game in specific, and then I also think of the developer behind it and how he's made a lot of, I feel like a lot of them do get appreciation, but maybe not enough appreciation. Uh, ben Esposito. He was actually one of the first people I kind of met in the gaming industry, which is crazy. Whoa. At an E3, like, ages and ages ago. Um, but he's done so many incredible things. He's consulted on uh, What Remains of Edith Finch, which is crazy. Love that game. Uh, he was the director. He did art level design on Tattletale, which is another, like, it's like a first-person story-driven horror, but it's kind of 90s, a little Furby-esque and you're trying to escape this mama tattletale. It's so good. A little so good. Furby-esque is not an adjective I hear a lot. 
it's one that needs to be used more. And this one just, it, it does it so well. Um, that is also a very underrated game, I feel like. Definitely play through Tattletale. Uh, but I, I think of Donut County. Have you heard of Donut County? Have you played I've it? I've played Donut County. It's really fun. Yeah. It's great. A- you're, a, you're a hole in the ground. Yeah. And that's... That's yeah, you're a, the, you're a sentient this, hole. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. You're a and, sentient it is, hole. and it's a little bit, uh, you know what? That game kind of reminds me a little bit of Katamari in the yes. way that it is like you're starting as a small hole and you move around and you have to like go under things to drop them in. And as you drop more things in, you get larger and can drop even more items in. Yeah, it does kind of have, you know, like a similar Katamari vibe. Um, and I love that. And it's available on everything. It's incredible. Yeah. I, I love it, 100%. And um, also, it's got a great like story with the talking raccoon and all this yes. other stuff. It's got a great yeah, aesthetic. The, the trailers and everything for it are just so like self-aware and just meta. It's like the raccoons talking about the game, and they're like, so you, you're you're a hole in the ground? Like, what? it kind of just makes fun of itself. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And he's, yeah, he's had his hand in a lot of, a lot of really cool games. There we go. And I would absolutely love to mention that he has another game coming out, uh, Neon White. It's like a first-person action game. It's coming out winter 2021, and you're basically an assassin, and you use these soul cards to like battle people in between. It looks insane. It looks absolutely crazy. It's something really, really unique, and uh, yeah. I'm excited to check that out. Is too. it kind of like, how do you use the soul? Is it like a card game mixed with an RPG or how do you use the cards? Do you know? So it looks like you are going like fast paced through all these levels and you have these cards in the bottom corner and you can kind of use like them at different moments to battle people as you go through wow. and you can kind of collect different soul cards. Um, yeah, it looks really unique and it looks really, uh, really interesting. So Neon white. I can't yes. wait to play it. There we go. And hopefully... That game will not be underrated. Hopefully it will get the love that it deserves. I hope so. One can only hope. Uh, That's going to do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. And of course, if you have a request, recommendation, or want us to prescribe you a video game, write in on Twitter using hashtag GGNT. We'll see you guys all next time. Good Game Nice Try is produced by Jen Samples and Nick Liao. Our executive producers are Joanna Solitaroff, Adam Sachs, and Jeff Ross. Engineering by Will Becton with engineering and sound design by Anya Zhezik and music by John Danik. This has been a Team Coco production. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com.